conference seniors share some of their testimony with you. Jesus healed a man who was possessed and plagued with demons. And the man was so grateful that he wanted to follow Jesus. And Jesus said, no. He said, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. Everyone has their own story. I'm looking out and I can kind of see your faces. And each person in this room has a very unique story of how God's faithfulness has uh, been manifested in their lives. And I love that because it paints a beautiful picture of how diverse and beautiful and um, complex God's faithfulness is. Today we have the privilege to hear from Alicia Kuhlman, Stephanie Andrews, and Lacey Estefan. Before Leah introduces Alicia, I'd like to open us with a word of prayer. God, thank you so much for giving these three women the courage to come up and share uh, their personal testimony of your mercy and what you've done in their lives. I pray that you will bless every word that comes from their mouths and that everything they say will be an honor to you. Please calm their nerves and give them confidence because I know without a doubt that what you have done in their lives is amazing. Please help the... Please guide our thoughts. Let the Holy Spirit um, guide us as we listen so that our hearts will be open and receptive to anything that you might want to teach us through their stories. Thank you so much for your faithfulness through all generations and through each person in the generations. Your mercies are new every morning, God. We lift all these things up to you and we pray your favor and your blessing over each of the three speakers today. Amen. Well, good morning. I get the honor and privilege to introduce to you today a wonderful lady who's been on our campus for only a few semesters as she transferred in, but in those few semesters, she's really brightened our campus. When I first met Alicia, I thought she was a typical quiet girl, and boy, was I wrong. She is one of the funniest and spunkiest ladies I've met here, and she always brightens my day when I see her, and she makes me feel very cared for and listened to. What's more is this girl loves Jesus. It comes through in her genuine prayers, her bold leadership, and her encouraging presence. She's our prayer coordinator, she's engaged, and she's one cool woman. Sorry, Alicia, I couldn't help it. Please help me in welcoming Alicia Kuhlman. Leah, you're pretty wonderful as well. She got me saying that word all day. Okay, sorry. Um, she knows I blame her for that. It's wonderful. Okay, I'm done. Um, so, the first, I want to show you a picture of my family. And I want you to kind of associate my story with them. Um, so we have my brother, Nathan, my niece, Cheyenne, who's actually a lot bigger than that. She's a year and a half now. Uh, my brother, John, my sister-in-law, Natalie, me, and my nephew, Jacob, and uh, my parents up top. Um, so I have been very blessed to have been having this family. 
Um, I was baptized as an infant, and I went to church every Sunday. Um, But I knew that I was different from all the kids at school and even my own siblings. And soon, I was just going through the motions, going to church, going to Sunday school, um, going to VBS. Um, it It was head knowledge, but not heart knowledge. I knew what Jesus... I knew who Jesus was and knew what he had done for me. But then I began to sink into sin and have worldly thoughts and ways. Um, I was justifying that I'm not that bad. And, but yet I knew that when my parents disciplined me, like when they would tell me not to sass them off, I'd be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like I knew that I had right and wrong in me from the very beginning. And I am saved by God's grace alone. Uh, the next slide. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 said, was brought to my attention, and I clung hard to the words, trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. There we go. When I was in confirmation in seventh grade, my brother became ill, and I thought it was my fault because I was previously sick before him, and he was laying in the hospital for nine months, and it was tearing my family apart. I didn't understand why God was doing this to my family. But God spoke this verse to me again. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. Whenever I was tempted to go into um, like negative thoughts about God or my family, I just clung hard to this verse. And I knew that God was holding on to me. There's no other way. I tried to describe it. There's no other way besides God's grace and him holding on to me. Because I shouldn't be where I am today. For example, when I saw others going into sinful patterns, I knew I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to swear. I didn't want to say or gossip about other people. And it wasn't because I was trying to be extra holy. It was because, I was like, guys, that's wrong. Why would you do that? And... But I battled with that because I wanted to be cool and I wanted to fit in. Um, But I knew that accepting sin was wrong. And Christ kept pulling me back to him through the word, prayer, and people. In 2005, I went on a mission trip. And I helped clean and rebuild from a natural disaster. I saw someone who had everything he had taken away from him. Literally, his family, his house, everything. And yet, he was thankful to be alive. And it made me realize just how much I take for granted. God used mission trips to shape my heart into servanthood. I was sitting outside of his house, or that was being built. He didn't have one yet, but it was in process. And I was chipping motor off bricks, and he kept on coming outside and just thanking us. I'm like, how can you thank us? You don't even have a house. Like, but he was so grateful that we were putting his bricks into a pile, and he's like, this is just wonderful. Sorry, I said it again. She has me saying that. Sorry. Um, And I was like, I can't believe it. Like, shouldn't he be depressed right now? And God worked in my heart so much that day to remind me how much God loves me and how much that I take for granted. 1 John 1.8 says, We say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. I wasn't drinking, doing drugs, with the wrong crowd, or even swearing. I thought my life was good. I thought I was a good Christian. We had communion at church, and the pastor would say, now take this moment to examine your hearts. And I honestly sat there saying, "Hmm, nope, I'm good. I didn't think that I had done anything bad, but that was a sin in itself. 
And later on, I realized that that thought was displeasing to God. In 2009, I went to youth group and Good Shepherd in Kokedo, and I had Christian friends for the first time, and there was a cute boy there, so that helped. And the speaker, a month later, I was invited to the Fly Convention, the Free Lutheran Youth Convention in Colorado. And the speaker said, you don't need acceptance from other people. You don't need boys. You don't need other friends. Well, you do need other friends, but you need Jesus. Most and foremost, you need Jesus. And I was thinking, like, yeah, I, I, yeah, I know that. And my friend just looked over and was like, no, you need to listen to this guy. And so she went up with me to the altar call, and I gave everything, my thoughts, my emotions, and all my actions to Jesus that night. I was like, yeah, I am a sinful human being, and I am sorry. Jesus, forgive me. Um, It was a literal mountaintop experience since it was in Colorado, and I came back and I failed. By God's grace alone, I am saved. Romans 5.8. Thanks, guys. I'm not doing a very good job with my clicker. Um, God chose his love for for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I am completely undeserving of his grace, and Jesus has shown his love for me in many ways. One way specifically is through his grace, and I don't want that to be a cop-out. I know that I am nothing without Christ Jesus. Grace is a divinely instituted means by which God offers, bestows, seals upon forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation. In other words, we need Jesus. Even though I thought I'm good, that was all the more reason that I do need Jesus. I am justified, having done for, marked by good and legitimate reason, by the blood of Christ. And now I know that in college we hear all these words and definitions and we have to write down the definitions on tests, but I want those two words to sink into your hearts today. Grace and justified. God placed again word, prayer, and people in my life. And the word, I'm talking about scripture. Um, 2010, uh, I grew up in Lester Prairie in 2010 and we moved from a farm to an apartment for reasons that I'm not going to tell you about today. You can ask me about that later. And transition was extremely difficult, and lifestyle changed. My friends became more important than Christ himself. Because I lived with my friends during that transition time, during that summer, I was like, That's, this is fun. Like, and I, I went to them for comfort. I went to them for um, that late-night coffee talk. And um, I wasn't praying. I wasn't asking Jesus to help me through this process. And I was redefining who I was by my friends because I wanted to be like them. In 2012, I graduated high school. And I went from 2012 to 2014. I studied and graduated from the Association Free Lutheran Bible School, also known as Aphobis. Shout out. Um, Depending upon my, I deepened my relationship with Christ more than I can imagine. And God did that through me experienced incredible faithfulness, and received unknown blessings. I'm very thankful for my time there. In 2014, during that summer, I went on a mission trip, um, teaching VBS to to kids. It was so much fun. Um, And when I came back, my parents moved. Well, I knew they were moving. It's not that I came back and they disappeared. Um, So as they were driving me home, they were telling about this new house, And I was so exhausted and just ready to not be around people or children. And I was just wanting to rest and not think about it. But yet I had to learn this new lifestyle and and 
live in Kokedo, like of all places, right? But it's great, by the way, not like Kokedo. Okay, sorry. Um, I learned what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And God used this in my life to show me that I had to give up my own comfort, give up what I was, what I was used to, the friends that I would hang out with, um, where I would go to find that peace and to give it up and to live in a new place. It's only a half an hour from Lester Prairie, so I still see my friends. But I had to give up what I usually did um, in the evenings. And it was, it shouldn't have been that hard, but God really was telling on my heart. Um, and since, since being at Crown, my faith has grown tremendously. I have complete trust in God for giving me, getting me through thick and thin because we've experienced it together. For example, there are many times in your college career where you'll probably think, I can't do this, I quit. And I was reminded by my mother and God that all I needed was prayer and ice cream. Encouraged, I'm so encouraged by where I'm at and where I'm going. My thoughts have been challenged. My mind has been opened, and I've learned to incorporate my walk with God into a faith-based reality. I desire to go into ministry, but I've realized that ministry is right where you are. Whether you're a nanny, whether you work for FMS, whether you are just doing school, wherever you are, that is your ministry. And I know that God is going to put me out of my comfort zone and make me do something I don't want to do, but that's great. Uh, My confidence has been uplifted. I realize that I'm in college and graduating soon, in like 20 days. Um, Of course I knew that, but it didn't hit me until this semester. And I... When I finish, the world outside of Crown will expect me to be an expert. And this scared me. (laughs) And it convicted me of the work that I put towards my studies. I struggle with thinking I can do it all on my own. I could go to work, go to class, and be successful. But my dependence is on Christ alone, and he keeps reminding me that. Another experience I have had here at Crown is working for FMS, and I clean. Shout out for all their hard work, by the way. This kept me humble and kept me having a servant heart, and it kept me thankful. And it's been, like, my favorite job. Just, I love it. Thanks for talking to me while I clean, by the way. It makes life better. Um, I've learned how to use my faith in a professional world and in ways that God has equipped me for his good work. It has opened the door for opportunities to have my thoughts challenged. I know God has placed me for such a time as this, and that is to think. And that's it. Oh, just joking. There's more than that. Doctors Henderson, Harris, Locklear, Kuhn have challenged me to think deeper. And when you think deeper about your relationship with God, your faith becomes stronger. When you rethink what you already know and question why it is you believe that, you not only become stronger, but then you have a defense for your faith, for the truth. I've learned to defend my faith and ethics. And not just saying, I know this is true because this is what I believe. This year, I've been the prayer ministry coordinator, as Leah mentioned. While God has placed me in this position, I have grown so much closer to him. I did not feel qualified and capable. And let me restate that I do not feel qualified or capable. But that's just where God wanted me. I've learned an immense amount about how to work with an awesome team while accomplishing a greater goal. And depending on prayer is a fantastic way to live. Being at Crown 
has given me a great experience of how to be prepared when situations are thrown at you. So trust in God for the future. I'm going to take you back to Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. And do not lean on your own understanding. My dependence is on Christ and not coffee. I don't know what the next step is, but I encourage you to be nearer to him with me. It can be easy to drift away or quit, but draw near to Christ by the word, prayer, and people. I don't know where I'm going to work in 20 days from now. I don't know where I'm going to live until April because I do know that I'm getting married to that cute boy at youth group. I know. Isn't he precious? Okay. And I do know why I love Jesus. Because 1 John 4.19 says, We love because he first loved us. Thank you. My name is Stephanie Andrews, and I'm an elementary education major with an emphasis in middle school social studies. For all of you non-education people, that means I'm going to be a history middle school teacher. <laughs> Most of you don't know me, so a little bit about me. I'm a planner. I love to plan. I have a schedule set for everything. I know that at 2 o'clock this afternoon, I'm working on the CACP paper, part 6. Down to the minute, I have my schedule, and I always have a backup. The best way, the best story I have to show this is when I was five and you asked me what I wanted to be when I grow up, I would confidently say, a mommy. But if that doesn't work out, I think I'll be a teacher because every five-year-old has a backup plan for their dream. <laughs> Today, I'd like to take a few minutes to talk about where you are and where you're going. The theme of our chapel this year has been the open door, walking through the open door and taking the opportunities as they were presented. But the one thing I've learned in the last three years is that God will take you where he wants you to be no matter what your plan is. And no matter how wonderfully detailed your plan may be, if it's not God's, you're not going there. Unfortunately, I've learned this the hard way. Many times. I grew up in a wonderful family. My mother and father have been wonderful role models for me, and my brother and sister are spectacular people. They are center stage people when I would much rather be sitting in the audience where you are in the very, very back hiding in the corner. So I lived in their shadow for most of their life, and when I came to Crown, I was very excited to become my own person and step into the limelight, which I realized I hated. I entered Crown in 2012 as an overconfident, scared freshman as some of you may understand, and instantly fell into the ring by spring. I say overconfident because I was convinced this would never happen to me. It wasn't my plan. My plan was to meet a guy junior year, and <laughs> that didn't happen. Um, we had a wedding planned for 2014, but as things turned out, he wisely decided that it was not a good plan, and I was devastated by this. In my weakest moment, I decided to transfer to Clearwater Christian College. Now, to most of you, that may sound like a random school I randomly picked, but for me, it was a big deal because it was the school I vowed I would never attend. It's the school my big brother went to, and I was sick and tired of being known as Wesley's baby sister, as those of you who are little siblings may understand. I wanted my own identity and was terrified that if going to Clearwater, I would only be known as his baby sister. 
But I went, and it wasn't my plan, it was clearly God's. My transfer down to Clearwater was very rough. They had a lot of more rules than we have here. For example, they have a midnight curfew and a fine if you were late. I even got cited for wearing this skirt because you could see my knee during chapel, which I had issues with. But once I got past the rules and the regulations and my attitude of being known as Wesley's little sister, I started to realize why God had brought me there. I started to consider why I was being asked to be in this place. And what I learned was a question we are often asked. Would you trust God even if it's not your plan? And although I had spent my whole life saying yes, of course, the truth of the matter was no, I wasn't. It wasn't my plan and I wasn't happy with it, so I wasn't going to trust. I was going to find every nitpicky thing to find that I didn't like and complain about it as much as I could. But God took that attitude and changed it around. He will always bring people into your life to tell you things that you need to when you least want to hear it. And at that point, he brought into my life two amazing women, Colleen and Linda, who have, are in their late 50s and have children close to my age. But they adopted me into their homes and into their families, and they taught me what it's like to share your story, what it's like to live through your story, and what it's like to make your story part of your, <laughs> to make the events of your story part of your story and not something that you hide from. They taught me that your story can teach others and that it's not about fear. They taught me that it's okay to live out your life and not hide in the corner. I also met a lady whose name was Brittany. She's only 10 years older than me, but an amazing life story, and she shared it with me. She taught me that it's okay to have courage and step out and be friends with those around you. She taught me what it means to be vulnerable. Now, you may be wondering if my life was so grand down in Clearwater, why would I ever come back here? And that also wasn't my choice. <laughs> Clearwater Christian College closed on June 10th of 2015, which was only a few short months ago with no notice. Because of this closing, it forced me to try to figure out what college I would go to. And my first thought was, why not go back to Crown? That'll be a simple transition. And my second thought was, they have horrible memories back there. Why would I do that to myself? Unfortunately, every other school I looked into required another year or two of credits of school in order to graduate. And I do not, as many of you, have the money for an additional two to three semesters. <laughs> so I came back to Crown, quite unnerved about the memories that were here and terrified to walk down the halls again. But God has used this experience to bless me as well. The students in the audience and the professors here taught me that it's okay to be scared and to face your fears and that God will use them even when you don't want him to. It took me a long time to feel at home when I was at Clearwater, to get past the fears of what could be, of why I was there, and understand that God has a purpose and a plan. We're asked every day to live day, to live day, day by day, but we rarely do. We're so focused on the end goal of graduation or what our career will be next that we forget that God has you here for a moment, for this moment, for a reason I don't know, and you probably don't either, but he has you here to train you and to teach you. Dr. Erickson 
taught me something very important my freshman year in Old Testament history. He said, we often use our Bibles as a textbook because in many of our classes it is one. And growing up, I was taught very logically. I was given immense knowledge about the Bible, but they forgot the relationship part of it. The point is that you are in a relationship with Christ, or you need to be. And so it doesn't really matter how many times you read the Bible if your heart isn't in it. And it doesn't matter how many godly people you ask for advice if you're forgetting to ask God. So I'm leaving you today with this question. Where is your relationship with God? And are you seeking him in times of uncertainty when your plans aren't working? Do you lean on him for your plans and trust that his plans will come? Do you trust that his plans are going to happen no matter what? And are you able to rest in that or fret? I'd like to finish with Isaiah 43, which was given to me by a wonderful mentor I have, or read to me by my wonderful mentor. It says, but now hear this, O Israel. He who created you, O Jacob, he who forms you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and when you pass through the rivers, you will not be consumed. When you walk through the fire, it will not burn you. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt in ransom for you and crushed and Seba in your stead, since you are precious and honored in my sight. I love you. And God wrote that to Israel in a time when <laughs> they didn't feel like it. They didn't like what he was saying to them. They didn't like where they were. So I'd like to challenge you with this. God wants to get to know you. He wants you to draw near to him even when you don't want to be. He wants to be your um, stronghold. So run to Christ. Thank you for listening. Hi, guys. <clears throat> Hey, I can't see you, though, so this is hopefully a good thing. Um, hey, do you remember a couple weeks ago, there was this guy here. Um, he talked about um, how he sat up there, and he was a football player, and he dreamed about talking in front of chapel. Um, well, I sit up there, and I have never dreamed of talking in chapel. <laughs> so here we go. All right, um, my name is Lacey, and I'm a senior psychology student. Um, I'm graduating in December, unfortunately. Um, today I'm going to be sharing a little bit of my story and talking about God's faithfulness in my life. I have two loving parents and two younger sisters who are 14 and 11. Um, I grew up in Massachusetts and moved to Florida my junior year of high school, um, but I'll talk about that later. My first grade year I went to a private Christian school and I had 12 people in my class and absolutely loved it. Um, but then the next year I had to go to a public school because we couldn't afford private anymore. Um, this transition was pretty tough, and the others have talked about transition, too. Um, but I ended, ended up being bullied and made fun of, and it really took a toll on my self-esteem and identity. At home, things were pretty rough, too. 
Um, my dad is bipolar and would have manic episodes probably every six months or a year um, when he would get off of his medication. Um, and manic, a manic episode for my dad was never anything violent or anything like that, but um, he would get extremely energetic and talkative. Um, he wouldn't sleep very much at night and would start random projects around the house. Um, when I was younger, my mom just told me that he gets hyper sometimes. Um, but I got to the point where he would, or it would get to the point where he would need to be hospitalized um, because my mom couldn't get him to take his meds. Um, this was very difficult for me as a kid because I didn't understand it. Um, I didn't know why my mom would put him away into the hospital, and I didn't know why they would make him stay there. Um, he would also have times where he was depressed, and after work he would just come home and go to sleep, so he wasn't very present. Um, this made me put up barriers for both of my parents um, from a young age. Um, as for my spiritual life, I loved going to church. When I got to the age of being able to go to youth group, I loved doing it. I loved learning more about Christ and being able to play games and interact with kids my age. I always went to camp when I, um, and I would be on fire for Christ, but I would go back to living my normal life Monday through Saturday. I grew up that thinking this was the way that things were. You went to church on Sunday and you did whatever you wanted during the week. I had to live a Christian life and not lie or steal or cheat, um, things like that, but I didn't have a relationship with Christ until I was a freshman in high school, um, which I'll talk, talk more about. Um, as for my relationship with my parents, I'd never really been close to them, uh, kind of like I talked about. Um, I distanced myself because my dad was unstable and I never really knew what to expect. And for my mom, we would go to the movies or spend time together in those ways, but I had my personal life and she had hers. My friends were the one, ones that I really trusted in and depended on, um, but I still had walls up with them. Um, I never really knew how to express my emotions because this wasn't something that we did in my family. Um, if I was upset, I would go into my room and cry and make sure no one heard me, or if I was angry, I would do the same and um, just occupy myself with something else. Um, so let's take a bottle of soda for an example. If you keep on shaking a bottle of soda, you know, drop it on the ground a few times, maybe drop it down the stairs, um, it's going to build up fizz, and when you open it, it's going to explode and overflow. Well, this was, this was me. Um, I was the bottle of fizzy soda that would get shaken up maybe when I got teased at school or hit rough patches with my friends or maybe not understand what was happening with my dad being in the hospital. I would get knocked around and never let anyone know how I was feeling. My seventh or eighth grade year, I noticed my parents arguing and fighting more and more. Prior to this, they had a rule that they would never argue in front of us kids, but that rule event eventually went out the window as my parents' marriage got worse and worse. My dad would get mad and would take it out on me, never physically, but verbally. I never responded to what he said to me, at least not in front of him. But like I said, everything was getting shaken up really quickly. I had this giant emptiness inside of me that started to take over my life. I hated myself, and I hated that I could never do anything right. I could never be good enough. My freshman year of high school, I contemplated taking my life. I wondered what it would be like if I weren't around. Would people even notice? I mean, my life was worthless, 
worthless anyways, so what was the point? On the outside, I had a smile on my face, um, but I was dying on the inside. I believed that I had to be strong and could not show weakness. I also had two younger sisters that I had to be strong for. One night in my room, I thought about committing suicide. I thought about how I might do it and thought about how people might be happier if I just wasn't there. And for some reason, in that moment, I remembered that God loved me. I broke down in tears and cried like I never had before. That was when I realized what my purpose was. In my lowest of lows, God showed up and changed my life. I started to understand that God loved me right where I was. I didn't have to try to pretend to be strong or try to impress him. I then took a discipleship class at my church and learned about what it meant to have a relationship with God. And I, le I learned about spiritual gifts and things like this that I never had known before. My, lover, my love for Jesus started to grow. That summer, I went on my first mission trip to South Africa, and I loved it so much that I went back the following year, and I went to Zambia as well. God did ama amazing things in my heart, as well as in the hearts of the people that we got to share Christ with. I was falling in love with God and more, more and more every day, and that was all that mattered. After my mission trips, those following months were some of the hardest times I've ever experienced. My grandfather passed away, and I was really close to him. My grandmother had Alzheimer's disease, and um, it was progressively getting worse. And to top it off, one night in the car after my mom and I had gone to a movie, she sat there and told me that we were, she was moving to Florida um, with my sisters, and I could either go with her or them, or I could stay with my dad. My world came crashing down. I prayed and prayed and asked God why this was happening. I didn't know what to do. Why should I have to choose between my parents? Well, I ended up moving to, parent, to Florida and experienced that overwhelming loneliness again. I left my friends and family all back in Massachusetts, and I hated it. But the difference this time was that I knew I wasn't alone. I was comforted by God and was given peace that surpasses all understanding. I grew more and more in my relationship with God because he was all that I had. Eventually, things got better. I played soccer and made some new friends, got involved in a small group of church, um, and I decided to move to Minnesota to come to Crown because it felt where the Lord was leading me. And here I am standing in front of you telling my story. God has done amazing things uh, while being at Crown. I have experienced healing and growth like I've never experienced before. I've made lifelong friends, and I've learned what it means to be part of the body of Christ. I have received so much love and support that I never imagined possible. During my time here, I found who I am in Christ. I learned that I am seen as holy and blameless in the eyes of Christ, as we're told in Ephesians 1, 4, and 1 Peter 1, 16. I learned that I am more than a conqueror through him who loves me, and so much more. When I tore my ACL the first time my freshman year, I had to lay down my pride and learn how to let people help me. This was really hard. Um, then I must not have learned that lesson all the way because I tore the other one two years later. At Crown, I was able to see what Christian families are like. Some of my friends would tell me um, that they would have Bible stu studies with their family and would take time to pray together and share stories at Thanksgiving about how God has blessed them. I would say that Crown is a perfect place for broken people. Crown is a perfect place for people who are wrestling with their faith 
or people who want to grow in their faith. Take advantage of this time. Get to know your professors. They're amazing people. And I've heard over and over um, that they're here for us and they want to invest in us. Build relationships. Get to know people. Listen to their stories and make those lifelong friends. And most importantly, allow God to work in your life. You don't have to be ready, but you have to be willing. I want to leave you with this. The reason I was able to get through the things that I did and I'm able to face the challenges that come up in my life is because, because God is my rock and my foundation. He is the only truly stable thing that I have. I know that he will never fail and will never stop loving me. And it's the same for you. Psalm 18:22 says, The Lord is my fortress and my deliverer, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation my stronghold. Thank you. Would you pray with us? Heavenly Father, we've heard some amazing stories today, Lord. Stories where you are the, the primary um, the primary goal, stories where you have intervened, stories where you have made yourself known, Lord. I thank you for Lacey. I thank you that she came here, that you led her here. I just um, thank you for all that she has learned, how she's grown at Crown. I thank you for you allowing me to be part of her experience here, Lord. We know that... Um, there is a future, whether we have a planner, whether we don't have a planner, um, whether we know exactly what's going to happen 20 or 30 days from now, Lord, you know. And you are there for us. Lord, we know you hold the future. And I pray for Lacey that as you lead her, wherever that goes, that you will open the doors, that, you will, that she will continue to cling to you and to the good things that you have for her, Lord. Again, thank you for her just being a part of our family here at Crown, Lord, and that you will continue to bless her as she goes into her future. Our Heavenly Father, I am so thankful that you brought Stephanie here, that you brought her into my classroom and my life. I thank you that in that first real conversation, you impressed upon me that you have a special place for her, that she's a unique individual that is firm in her faith with you. Lord, I even thank you for the adversity that you brought into her life, for taking the plans that she had and moving them around, rearranging them that she might understand that as good as the plans are that we have, your ways are far better. Lord, I pray that you would continue to work in Stephanie's life, that you would continue to uh, bring her plans into your plans, that you might multiply her influence through her relationships, her family, through her ministry of teaching. We pray this in Jesus' name. Father, I just thank you so much for Alicia and her courage to share her story. 
I thank you for her smile and authenticity and her strength and faith through all of the different places of her life that you've taken her. I thank you how you have spoken to her and reminded her to trust in you. And I pray that that really becomes her life verse and that she continues to dive into that. Whatever this next chapter holds, I just um, thank you so much for her leadership and her friendship here at Crown. I pray that those continue and I pray that you would bless her um, as she goes out from here and as she graduates. And we know that you're going to do big things with her. So we just pray for your protection and for your continued smiling on her life. And for those who are here in the audience who have heard something challenging or have questions, I pray that you would give them the courage to ask questions and to trust in you, Lord, to take a leap of faith and look at the work that you're doing in their lives. We thank you so much for your goodness and your faithfulness. And we thank you for the opportunity to hear your story through these ladies today. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. You are dismissed. Have a good Monday. Again and again.